Welcome to my first episode of You, Me and a Mug of Tea. Today I have two really, really special guests with me. Uh, they are, I'm assuming, in love with Pakistan and they want to explore Pakistan to its fullest. And both of them are super interesting people. I happened to meet them on Instagram, actually. And uh, their story was so inspiring and so fascinating and so unique in the sense that I just couldn't help myself but talk to these two special people and share their story with all of you, whoever is listening. And let's find out more about them. So for my first episode of You, Me and a Mug of Tea, I have with me Nico Koch and Crystal Brody. Welcome, you guys. Thank you so much for joining me for this podcast. Thanks for having us. Yes, it's a pleasure. So, Nico, you are from Germany. Exactly. I'm from Hamburg, the second biggest city in the north of Germany. Uh, yeah. oh. Okay, yeah. and Crystal oh, is sorry. from Australia, right? I'm from Australia, Sydney, um, or the Blue Mountains, if anyone knows that. This region, um, I'm 21, and um, I just a bit before why I started like for this travel. Um, I was traveling since 18, and just around Europe and New Zealand and things like that before we met. Right, yeah, Nico, I, how about you also introduce yourself to us? Yes, um, I'm 23, and before starting this world trip with Crystal. I was working in a house cleaning company for the last five and a half years. First as a house and window cleaner and after that as a quality manager. And yeah, like I used during this time all my 30 vacation days each year to travel, but that wasn't enough. So now we have more time to explore the world and now Pakistan. <laughs> right. So this is an important piece of information that both of them are in Pakistan right now. Currently, they are in Karachi. They started their travel from Karachi and they're planning to travel up north. But we'll talk more about that later. But first, Nico and Crystal, I really, really want to know how you guys met. Nico, you're from Germany, and uh, Crystal, you're from Australia. Both of you are in separate continents which are so many miles apart. How did you guys meet? I really want to know your love story. Yeah, uh, that's true. It's quite far away. And it all happened because of this application called Couchsurfing, uh, where travelers can find locals to stay, uh, locals to offer travelers a place to stay yeah, like a coach. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, yeah. I was like for the past one and a half years hosting travelers from all over the world, like in that time around 70 people. And yeah, one day Crystal sent me a almost last minute request, I guess, mm -hmm. while I already hosted two other people. And yeah, it was like, why not? She's like, ask everybody, and she seemed to be a nice person, and <laughs> yeah, and she came to my place, and that's basically what started. So, 
I was traveling in Europe at the time, so that's mm. how we were in the same region, I suppose. <laughs> so for those people who don't know what couch surfing is, uh, as Nico also explained a bit, couch surfing is an app for all the backpackers and the travelers who uh, cannot really afford an expensive fancy hotel or who do not want to live in, you know, student hostels or other small accommodations like this. So when travelers, especially travelers like Nico and Crystal, when they uh, go to a different city or a different country, they want to explore and experience, in fact, the city in its glory like they want to experience the culture they want to talk to locals they want to get to know the natives so couch surfing is an app like um, kind of like airbnb but it's very informal where you can literally lend a couch to a traveler in your home so it's quite interesting that both of you found love while traveling on and you People usually use Tinder or some other matchmaking apps to, you know, fall in love. But you guys fell in love with a basic app as couch surfing. So, Nico, you told me that uh, she uh, requested last minute that she wants a place to crash. So how yes. what what happened in your mind that you said, oh, it's a last minute request. I should still accommodate her. And when you first saw her, did you think that it was worth it to accommodate her last request? Um, yeah, let's say it like this. It was not the first last minute request. Like I also had one time, a, um, I think a guy from, I'm not sure from where, it doesn't matter. Um, he requested, uh, last minute, like really last minute at, um, <laughs> 11 PM for same day. <laughs> uh, I was like, okay, I'm still awake. Why not? So I mm-hmm. like, I just like to help as much as possible. So I don't really care about how somebody look like or something while mm-hmm. hosting because it's just about learning about new cultures, helping travelers who are needed help. And yeah, it was basically not up to me to host. Like if it would be just up to me, like everybody is welcome. But I mm-hmm. hosted like also two other people, so they had to decide with me because mm-hmm. I mean, they were there before, so they need to be feeling comfortable as well with another person staying. And mm-hmm. the message from Crystal sounded really positive. Her profile looked really good. So it was definitely worth it. And when I think about it now, it was, of course, worth it. <laughs> Oh, that's so sweet. How about you, Crystal? Why did you make a last minute, last minute request to uh, crash on Nico's couch? Um, I was hitchhiking from London at the time. So I don't know. By the time I reached Germany, I was really tired and I would have, I just wanted a nice place to stay for a little while. And, um, I saw his profile and yeah, the same thing. It seemed very positive and I saw how much he loved traveling and how much he had seen uh, of countries I had never even thought about traveling to. So, like, for me, that was very interesting. So I wanted to meet him and hear about his stories. (laughs) So would you believe that fate had some role to play in how you both met? Yeah, maybe. Like, I like to always believe that things happen for a reason. Um, So, yeah, I think so. True. And how many years ago was this? Oh, that was <laughs> That was in August last year. Oh, so you guys are 
quite brand new but hey wait a minute if you guys met last year august that's yes. just uh like you guys haven't even been together for a year yet you have traveled okay. so much already together how is that so possible i would say the story is getting more crazy now yeah. because <laughs> after stayed three nights in my apartment and we felt already okay there's a connection she left yeah. to sweden and norway to hitchhike there and explore the area because it was her plan and we stayed in contact and yeah so she came back after two months but after one month already so where i didn't even know if she's coming back or not i oh. was deciding that i would cancel my apartment to january and my job and surprised her with that and so i was hoping with that that she's coming back which worked and yeah so we were not even together when i when we decided to do this world trip and me giving up everything and mm. yeah so in january 1st we then started with the trip and she came back in october last year and then we basically from that moment on lived together and were a couple and we did also a three week trip before the world trip just to know how everything worked because i never done camping i never done hitchhiking i never done Amsterdam, which is for later important and yes yeah, so i just needed to see do i even like that kind of stuff but <laughs> oh. this is quite interesting way to test compatibility <laughs> right yeah. both of you decided okay wait if you want to be together with me then we need to travel together first <laughs> and see yeah. if we like to travel the same way or not and if that passes then uh let's get together am i right you that's <laughs> basically how it <laughs> that's really really fascinating to me because you know in pakistan i don't think couples meet this way <laughs> since you're in pakistan right now i think it's been what 6 days something like that maybe not yeah even. So you've been here for six days. I think it's too soon for you to tell. But in Pakistan, there's no way that couples meet like this. Couples don't go like, okay, uh, I like you, you like me. Let's uh, travel and camp out in the forest for a bit and see if we don't kill each other. And if that doesn't happen, let's get together. I really, really like your story. So, yeah, Crystal. Say, oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, please I mean, continue, Nico. Like I think in our home countries is also not common, <laughs> so that's kind of. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's really interesting. We should talk more about it, but first I need to get Crystal's um, input on this entire situation. So Crystal Nico just said that you came back. He hoped and prayed that you would come back, and you actually did come back. What made you decide to come back to? where nico was and you know how did he convince you to go on a world tour with him oh. <laughs> i'm not sure i mean like the time that we spent together in germany like and the connection that we made like um was something like felt worthwhile to me so when i left i was pretty sad um and then i had been traveling for quite a while by myself and meeting people on the way but after i left from germany like it didn't feel the same anymore i didn't enjoy being solo so much and because we were in contact every day it made me just want to realize like want to know what it would be like 
to be a couple and what it would be like for us to be traveling. So it was, yeah, worth growing back for sure. It's so cute. It was worth going back. I'm pretty sure because it's, uh, I think you bond even more when you are traveling together. You share these common experiences. And, uh, since you guys are hitchhiking and backpacking, um, educate me if I'm wrong, that it becomes more of a game of surviving and exploring together. So I think that makes the bond even stronger. Yes, that's very true. I mean, when you travel with someone, it's like you become a lot closer, like very fast because, well, we've spent all our like, time together, basically like 24-7. We're doing all things together. So, you know, it really is a test on a relationship, I suppose, <laughs> and whether we can get along and things, yeah. So amazing. I absolutely love your love story. It's very unique. Well, uh, from Pakistan's perspective, I think it's one of a kind. And from where you guys c- come from, as Nico just said, even in your own countries, it's a unique love story. And uh, this is the sweet thing about love stories and couples. Everybody has their own story and they all stand out in their own uh, beautiful, beautiful way. So let's talk about your travels now. Um, both of you have traveled across Europe without spending a single euro. My mind does not fathom this. Please explain how did you travel across Europe without spending any money? Yeah, like, um, even after Europe and Turkey, we basically spent nothing. In between, we had to uh, get one COVID test which of course was then spending money. But for the first four months, beside one COVID test, we spent zero. And yeah, so for accommodation, we were camping out and doing couch surfing. And yeah, so I was sometimes people who gave us a ride while uh, hitchhiking, which we used for transport. They also mm-hmm. sometimes offered us to stay with them, which mm-hmm. was really helpful. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like in Switzerland, we had minus 25, so otherwise we would have had big problems. <laughs> yeah, yes, and for the food, we did it like that, that, like, we need to explain like this, in Europe, and in our opinion also in Turkey, food waste is a big problem in in each country because the food standards are extremely high when something is not looking good in the supermarket like from the fruits and vegetables like if it's not looking perfect it gets thrown out when there's Mm. a package damage it gets thrown out and all of that when the expiring date is um, when it reached the expiring date it gets Mm. thrown out all of that stuff so in Germany, for example, you can go mm-hmm. to most of the supermarkets, to the bins, like to the trash where they throw out the stuff, and you find full containers with food. With oh, good wow. Food. And we got out from these um, containers, like our daily food, for us and for other people. So we started with this before we did the world trip in Germany. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for like two months, we went out 
twice, three times a week to get food. And mm. we came always back with uh, so much food, like we had to take the car. And yes, yeah, so we couldn't, of course, eat all of that food. So that's why mm. we gave it to working colleagues from myself, to my family, to friends. Also, we drove to downtown to give it to homeless people, people in need, to just help as much as we can with food, which would have been destroyed otherwise. And with this, we wanted to share this message that food, uh, yeah, that food waste is a big problem in the in Europe. Cool. Like in the Western world. True. A couple of days back, or maybe a couple of weeks, I don't really remember, but it's quite recent that I also uh, stumbled across, um, stumbled upon a documentary which was mm. talking about this food waste and how even from the restaurants, people leave so much leftover or if there are some ingredients that are leftover and, you know, chefs want to have perfectly fresh ingredients every day. So they throw out the stuff that's not used. And as exactly. you said, even in grocery stores and supermarkets, uh, when things are nearing expiration date or, you know, when they think that food has gone bad, they just like throw it out instead of distributing it among people. So I really like your uh, approach towards it that um, you didn't, in, didn't only uh, take that food for yourself, but you also distributed it among your family and people in need. So that is, in fact, a very um, heartwarming message that you're conveying. I really appreciate it. Um, Crystal, how about you? Were you scared that if the items were approaching expiration date, they could cause some kind of, you know, digestive problems? I mean, um, at the time I was vegan and we're both vegetarian, so we avoid things that could cause a lot of harm, I suppose, and it's obvious when those items are bad. I don't know. I mean, like fruit and veg, it's obvious when it's not good and like the things we were eating. So we would just wash everything properly and, yeah, just choose wisely. Yeah, how, like about, <laughs> how about rice and bread? How did you guys get that? That was, this is the thing, there was so much bread. And I mean, it's not just fruit and veg that we found in the bin. I mean, like we found everything from pasta, rice, um, chocolate, protein bars, honey, outer hole. Like the list goes on and on. It's not just, this is the problem. They just throw anything out and people have no idea of this. Yeah, so it's quite shocking when you are at the bins and you yes. see what's in there. Like there's, mm. for example, uh, pumpernickel bread which is in vacuum covered and there was like mm -hmm. one package where the vacuum was open so yeah but they thought all of the whole package out so that means all of these packages were still covered and still good for half a year they sold it out mm. because one all the um, packages was broken mm. that's why they were Interesting. okay <laughs> And how about the dairy items like milk, cheese, yogurt? Um, a lot of this, um, at, in Germany, I wasn't eating these things, but and, and, yeah, you were. Um, they were all fine. Like, we would check the dates, and a lot of them weren't even aspired yet. Um, 
and we had no problems. <laughs> yes, so I was um, like the only vegetarian from us back then, so I had to eat all the yogurt. So sometimes <laughs> I really had to eat a kilo of yogurt which we found um, to have more space in the fridge. And a kilo yes, of yogurt? Yes, sometimes I had to do that. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, and I was all good. Like, I got never sick, to be fair. And, yeah, the thing with yogurt, as example, is it's not a problem if it's, it's usually not a problem if it's a little bit over the expiring date. Like, if it's like five days over, it's not a big deal, usually. And I mean, wow. But, like, the dairy products usually show when you shouldn't eat them. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> They blast out a little bit, like so gas. you like gases inside it, and so it's getting bigger. Mm -hmm. So then you should just not, just not eat it. <laughs> so you guys are by now experts in telling when food has actually gone bad. <laughs> Most likely, <laughs> that's that's a, that's an important skill, especially uh, in Pakistan. But you know, we'll talk about your experience in Pakistan in a while. I do have one more question about um, your, uh, you know, food consumption and all. What did you guys do for drinking water? Oh, that's Where interesting. Yeah. What I like in some of the European countries, like the EU countries, it's totally fine drinking out of the sink, okay. like mm -hmm. tap water. Like, that's totally fine there. But also, um, sometimes we just went to a restaurant and asked, hey, do you have maybe water for us or something like this? Like so we fill had, up our water bottles. Yes. Like, we had water bottles with, like, two, three liters? Like, three liters, yeah, which liters. we could put with water so that we have always, like, Between. at least, maybe, like, if it's not going good, two days with water. Yeah. And... So it somehow worked with the water. Like the water wasn't a problem, like in Europe for us. Like it's definitely more. Well, like here we're definitely buying water now, but yeah, yeah. Like, here you must buy water. You cannot just, you know, open a tap and start drinking water straight out of there. I mean, I don't, I don't even want to know what kind of uh, germs would be in there that could cause what kinds of diseases. But Kristen and Nico, so both of you have uh, chosen a lifestyle which is not conventional. You know, when we when we talk about living a life, we usually think of, okay, graduating from a college or university and then looking for a job and then pay the bills and find an apartment or a home and then pay, the, pay its rent and, you know, find a um, spouse, build a family, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's the conventional, traditional uh, way that even the brains understand that, okay, I want to look for this kind of stability. Mm -hmm. But you guys went for a lifestyle which is far from stable, and it Boy. does require immense amount of commitment. It requires much more commitment than this uh, conventional lifestyle. What... Yeah. I mean, first, where do you find the courage to live like this? And also, why have you decided to live like this? Um, maybe I start with this one. Um, yeah. Let's say like this, I was growing up with exactly this mindset so that I um, find a job, 
working, get an apartment, maybe build a house or something like this. That's like what my parents teach me to, let's say. Yeah, hmm. what they teach me to. And yeah, I started with this. Like after school, I went um, doing some education for the work, like working and renting an apartment when I was 18. Hmm. Um, yeah, basically lived exactly that. In, but I also like to travel. And I told myself, okay, I will save up um, money to do one time a world trip or maybe one or two years or something like this. But yes, I always was, okay, I need more money for that because it's expensive to do something like this. And mm-hmm. after I met Crystal and found out that it's maybe not expensive to do something like this, if you don't want comfort, which I personally don't need, um, mm-hmm. then, yeah, it's quite good. Then I was like, okay, then the money I saved up should be enough. <laughs> I we will not spend so much. And when we need to get money, as example, we can work somewhere. Like we can find maybe somewhere a job if we really are desperately needing something and still want to continue this trip. And mm-hmm. I found that good. Like I really liked this concept. Um, for me, um, the traditional way of life people follow was never very appealing. Um, so that's why I just started traveling as soon as I could and finding jobs where I needed to, to fund my travels. And I don't know, like, and as for charge, like that traditional way of life after like going to school, finding a job, like then further work and family, like for me, I found that terrifying. So traveling, mm-hmm. solo travel, all that. Like surviving from eating out of bins and all that camping, I found that that wasn't frightening at all. You know, traveling is more of a traveling is more of an opportunity to learn than a university or a college. Yes, and I I believe that too. Like from life experiences of, and I always thought like I should go back and study when I want to, and I know what I want to do. So, but I thought I can't get this time back in my life, and that was the most important thing to me, and I wanted to make the most of it. So, indeed, you only live once. You actually do only live once, and both of you have decided to live your life according to your own terms. And um, one thing that really just like clicked with me is comfort is not what you guys are seeking at the moment. Can you please yeah. talk more about this? What does this mean? Because all of us want our, I mean, okay, if I speak for myself, <laughs> I want my eight to nine hours of sleep. I want to have a nice warm breakfast and then lunch and then dinner and, you know, like have a plan of the day. And mm-hmm. I want to do it like, <laughs> you know, probably in an air conditioned room and uh, oh, no. you know what I mean? Like yeah, that's comfort. So but both of you don't crave comfort. What does that mean? I mean, I think we have our own kind of comfort. I think, yes. like, we don't have. Let's say like this: when you travel and you want, um, let's say all the time, warm breakfast. You always want a nice room and something like this. With comfort, like 
with money you can buy comfort and as less money you want to spend as less mm-hmm. comfort you're going to have that's like the idea basically but also we have comfort like we have um, like every time when we are camping it's most likely comfortable when it's not super cold or super hot outside so we mm-hmm. also get like our eight hours of sleep usually and when we are at couch surfing and we have yeah, as example I, I I mean like I don't want people to have the idea that we're missing out on anything as well by saying we mm. don't have comfort. I mean of course there's a lot of the times where we don't have um I don't know <laughs> like maybe really nice things but I mean there's so much more that we're gaining from it. I mean the experiences we're making, the people that we meet, the countries that we're visiting, like, I don't know, like, for me, that's so much more worth it than to have a stable place to sleep and a nice bed every night. You know, I like that change in um, horizon, you know? Of course, I mean, it's also nice what we're doing, definitely, otherwise we wouldn't do it. But I just mean, it's not that comfort what people think of when they think about comfort. Because mm-hmm. most people, when they think about comfort, it's like, when you think about comfort while traveling, it's like, okay, maybe all-inclusive, or having a tour guide, or okay. whatever. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> like, this we just Transport don't have. Yes, yeah, so we, it's like a kind of survival. Like, it's not that comfort what you're going to have if you spend more money. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean we miss out on anything, like Chris will say, but um, it's just, of course, it makes your experience of- more raw, more real. Like you guys are actually traveling and learning while you go. But if, uh, yeah. as you describe the all inclusive kind of a comfort travel, something that I personally would go for, but that also means that I'm depriving myself of, uh, the experience of learning where I am. And like, I don't know. We've had as, as like warm breakfasts, like even hitchhiking, we've had people invite us in for amazing meals and even take us out to restaurants and things like that. So we also don't miss out on those things. We just have it not often. Not often, and we don't know when it will be. Like that's the part. Yes, and the good thing about this kind of travel <laughs> is you're just appreciating the little yeah, things so much me. more. So like when um, someone. Yeah us like the kindness of that and we're like wow you know and that can make our whole day so much better as a like if we were traveling like normal you would just it, that wouldn't be anything special to go out to a mm. restaurant or a cafe and sit down for breakfast but for us we're like oh wow this is you know fantastic mm. <laughs> this is such a fresh perspective that you guys are giving me uh, so Okay, I have a I have a question. Since you guys are together, you're a couple, and you're traveling together, what happens when you guys get into an argument? How do you proceed with your day then? Yeah, that's an interesting. Yeah, like let's say like this <laughs> happens. <laughs> that's that's normal. And yeah, the problem is you can't really go away. Like when you're, as example, hitchhiking, you're sitting on the road. I mean, you can't just leave. I mean, mm. you can, but it's not, not good. And when we are staying with the host and we are having a fight or something, we can't just leave, really. And mm. so it's really, this is a really challenge, to be fair. But, <laughs> yeah, like we have 
lot of good days, some bad days, which is normal. Um, yeah. You just need to learn how to deal with it. And yeah, like those days are then more hard than others. How about you, Crystal? How do you deal with an argument while traveling together? Because you guys are stuck together now. Yeah, I don't know. Like, probably more recently, this has become an issue for us. Like, with arguments and things like that. I don't know. I think sometimes we just need to try and find some time to cool off. Like, personally, I just need some time to, like, you know, get away from what's made me upset and think about it. And then after that, I know that obviously I still want to be traveling. I want to do this trip, you know, so. Yeah. So the bigger picture is more important. Yeah. Both of you are so passionate about traveling together. So that triumphs all of the other arguments and, you know, misunderstanding. So I, I really appreciate how you guys are going along with this. And I hope you guys continue to see the world together and then so on and so forth. Probably when Elon Musk sends a rocket to Mars, I hope to see you guys on that rocket as well, going on to explore Mars next. Who knows? Who knows, right? Hitchhike on the Mars rover. Be like, yeah, don't mind us. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're just going to be in the back here, just just exploring, just just curious, you know. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think nobody hit like on the rocket yet. <laughs> it's probably not possible, but why not try? <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's no harm in trying. What well, What's the most they can do? They they can ask you to leave. Okay, fine, just leave. <laughs> we tried. <laughs> <laughs> so now tell me you guys are in Asia after Europe mm -hmm. first tell me the major differences you see between Asia and Europe Street. streets are different <laughs> what like the, the quality of roads yes and the traffic <laughs> and the um, also the cars like Yeah. You can see uh, maybe like four people on a motorcycle sometimes. And <laughs> it's never, you can never see that in like Europe, I think. Yeah. Because <laughs> if you're like, lucky on the countryside at like three in the morning or something, but otherwise, possible. Yeah. And just how open the people are here. Like the people are what much more open than in Europe. Like, mm -hmm. um, I mean, In Europe, you don't really see travelers, but there are travelers, of course, but mm -hmm. they are like... They don't stand out. Yes, they don't much. stand out. And mm -hmm. in like Pakistan, as an example, you can see who is a traveler because, mm -hmm. I mean, the most you will recognize, I guess. And <laughs> it's just how welcoming people are here, like the hospitality and everything, that's something... I didn't experience yeah, in like in the whole country. If, yeah, it wouldn't be like like probably so welcoming. Yeah. Oh, that's so you, a big when you difference. when you talk about hospitality and welcoming part, are you speaking specifically about Pakistan or Asia and Europe difference? Mm. In Turkey, like in Turkey, in with more Turkey, Pakistan, but 
also Kyrgyzstan and Uzbekistan, but not in the cities. Outside of the cities in the where like the locals are living not in stressful daily life and stuff like that. The other people were also really welcoming and friendly. And yes, in the big cities in those two countries not but yes. Otherwise it was really really welcoming. Nice. Interesting. How about you, Crystal? What differences can you point out between Europe and Asia? Yeah, I suppose the food is a big difference as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Quality, maybe. Oh. I mean, they're selling even not perfect food, which is still oh, okay. like it's still. Yeah. yeah, like food waste here is definitely not a thing. Um, that mm-hmm. we've seen. So we don't definitely aren't doing that anymore. It's not necessary because as we've been told that the food here, if it's not used or if that's, if no one can use it, animals will eat it or the neighbor's animals. So like for yeah. us, that's then to see that it's not so wasteful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we have plenty of animals to feed here. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> Yeah, they're actually right about that. That usually, uh, it's actually a a culture, it's more of a Muslim culture as well, that uh, we don't waste uh, food, we don't waste resources like this. So if we have food in our homes, uh, we will keep on having the leftovers until they go bad. So our fridges are usually full of leftovers. We would probably be eating something that's three days old because it's still good. But once it really does go bad, we just like put it outside our homes or uh, outside the back doors where we know that stray cats or stray dogs will come to look for food. So we just put the food that's gone bad for those stray animals and even the birds, in fact. And they yeah. come and they just like finish it all up. They're mm-hmm. happy. Yeah. <laughs> That's really how <laughs> they are happy. Yes. Okay. So now that you have landed in Pakistan, let's uh, go back a little bit. You guys were supposed to land in Pakistan in the month of Ramzan. That's um, almost a month ago, more than a month ago. But yes. what happened? Why couldn't you guys reach here? Yes. So actually the original plan was to reach Pakistan earlier than that. Because we wanted to go um, through Iran by landway, because it was our goal of doing everything by landway. And yeah, but Iran was closed, so we had to. We had no idea what to do. So we went back to Istanbul really, really slowly and tried to figure out what we're doing. So we decided, okay, let's just fly to Pakistan, because if landway is not possible and all the borders to Turkey besides back to Europe were close and mm. so we had only a certain time in Turkey which we used until the end to mm. maybe hope that something will change but at, when some when nothing changed it wasn't possible so we booked a flight to Pakistan applied for the visa I, I had my visa quite quick but crystal not and yeah so two days before the flight we mm. still haven't got her visa so we decided, okay, we need to leave Turkey now, mm-hmm. but we can't go to Pakistan now. So we changed our flight to Kyrgyzstan, which was <clears throat> like a, a difference from two years or something, so not much. 
And yeah, so we flew then to Kyrgyzstan, uh, spent them there a month, a little bit over a month, and went then to Uzbekistan. About yes. the visa, like, I think just mm-hmm. two days after we flew that my visa mm-hmm. came through. Or, I mean, oh. right. so it's, it was too late. Like, we had already then changed the flight and everything, and then I have my visa. And yeah, we're like, so oh, my gosh, happening. it was just... Yeah, so at that stage, we just um, thought we might as well enjoy now yeah, where we were and plan Pakistan for later. Exactly, and then like after we received our visa, due to the fact that I received it earlier, we had to enter Pakistan beginning of July. So mm-hmm. we were, yes, so after like a little bit over a month in Kyrgyzstan, we went to Uzbekistan to try getting away, uh, getting again over the land way to Pakistan, mm. over, like, yeah, we went then to Uzbekistan, tried to get our Afghanistan visa, which didn't work in mm. the capital, so we went then to the Tajikistan border to try getting our Afghanistan visa in Tajikistan, which also didn't work, like, we got <laughs> sent away from the border, mm. so we went then down to the Afghanistan border, tried to get our visa there. It didn't work as well. So we had to mm-hmm. go back to Tashkent, the capital, and we're flying then to Pakistan a few days later. And now we're here. That's amazing. Welcome to Pakistan. Welcome to Karachi in Pakistan. But in your entire story, I sense that you both were really keen on visiting Pakistan. Why? Yes. We like have seen a lot of the nature in the north and uh, yes, from pictures, and it looks like just amazing. And we want to experience this for ourselves. And we heard that the people are very nice here, so that's also a reason why we look forward to it. Yes, and I also in Germany know people from Pakistan who mm-hmm. came to Germany, but a little while ago and also a few friends of mine visited Pakistan and they all said the same thing basically what Crystal just said and mm-hmm. yes also um, I don't like when a country is seeing in media like in western media as bad or dangerous this is mm-hmm. like in my head I don't understand that so in this cases I really like to visit these places to see it with my own eyes and to show it mm. to family and friends and people on Instagram how it, how it is really and to give like a realistic view and not a western media view which is usually bad on a lot of countries for no reason mm-hmm. that's, that's really sweet of both of you, the reasons you just listed uh, and yes, it is a pity that uh, Pakistan and a few other countries as well, they are portrayed in a way that's not really nice. <laughs> we would expect some better coverage. Uh, so, okay. So both of you uh, came to Pakistan and you just told me and Crystal also mentioned that the kinds of photos and images you've seen of the northern Pakistan, you really want to see it with your own two eyes. But Crystal... Uh, in your introduction, you told us that you come from uh, the place of uh, Blue Mountains. 
and you both yes. have seen Switzerland. You both have traveled across Europe, and I, from what I've seen on the television and on the internet, Europe itself is quite beautiful, and so is Switzerland. But what really drove you to look at these sceneries in Pakistan? Mm. The thing is, it was it will be definitely not exactly the same, mm. and also the combination of the culture, which which is here uh, a big part, and it's just different in let's say countries like Pakistan and countries like Australia or whole continent Europe. It's mm. not cultural. The culture disappeared from all of the um, globalization and industrial lives what we experience like because all of that the whole culture which was there hundreds of years ago just mm. slowly disappearing and I don't even know what German culture like I know what German culture is but it's just not um, like nobody is doing that it's yeah, not glorified like anymore. Yeah, that's what we like. That yes. it's not so. Yeah, just. Uh, I don't know the word for now. Me neither. <laughs> but I think I know what you mean. But yeah, and that's the thing. Like, of course, Switzerland, as example, has nice nature and everything, definitely. Mm. But the surrounding is like nothing special. It's just Western. There's mm. nothing really special about it. Um, so yeah, both so of you are here for the full package, right? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about your uh, route in Pakistan. You are clearly starting from Karachi. How long do you plan to stay in Pakistan? And uh, what route are you going to follow to get to the north? Yeah, let's say it like this. India is closed. And even... If India wouldn't be close, we thought about spending around one to two months in Pakistan. Like that was even if India wouldn't be closed and Corona wouldn't be a thing, that would be our plan. But mm. to this, um, to the fact that we don't know when we can travel to the next country, we mm. thought, okay, let's do minimum two months and why not extending it to the maximum amount we can have with our visa, which is 90 days. Mm. So, yeah, that's why we're doing it relaxed. We travel slowly to experience it really good. Meeting up with locals. Like yesterday, we met up with the local and it was really interesting. Two days before, we went to a couchsurfing event in Karachi with around 20 locals. And... Mm. Now we go slowly by hitchhiking to the next towns. I want to experience some nature. So the next city will be, I'm bad in pronouncing this name. I always pronounce it wrong. Hyderabad? <laughs> Hyderabad. Hyderabad. Yeah. Yes. And then some pages in between, then to Mult Multan. Multan, um, yes, yes. Yeah, and then slowly to Islamabad to maybe get them the corona vaccine if it's possible, we don't know. And yeah, then yeah. spend most of the time in the north and ending this trip in Lahore. Interesting, so interesting. 
do you plan to visit some areas in balochistan as well we wanted to yeah. but uh, the person who wanted to go with us there said it's right now problem with flooding i'm not sure if it's true but that yeah. way yeah like we have we would have another chance but for that we would have to wait to the next weekend hmm so maybe we are not able to see it, but we're not sure like <laughs> maybe we are, i don't know okay crystal uh, how about you which city are you looking forward to visit the most i don't know for me i'm really looking forward to, to the nature but maybe i don't know Uh, I think more Lahore because we've had so many people contact us who would like mm. to host us and help us and like I'm looking forward to that like just to meet the people there. True and you know Lahore is a stunning city when it comes to culture and history in fact. So you will learn a lot about Pakistan and even India and how our ancestors used to live uh, and in Pakistan there is a saying it's a very popular saying uh jinne lahore nahi vekha wo jamaya hi nahi which means that if you haven't seen lahore you haven't seen anything you aren't even born yet that's what it means so when you do ah. visit lahore you can tell everybody that uh, you guys just got born because now you have seen everything <laughs> that's possible <laughs> okay well we we'll definitely have to then we can't wait to see it <laughs> Yeah, even in Karachi you have a lot of places to visit. Uh the founder of Pakistan, his tomb is over there, his place of residence is over there. You can visit those places. And I saw your Instagram page, you guys have already visited the seaside, but I don't think beaches are something alien to you. You must have visited so many of them, but yeah, Pakistan also has it. Karachi has a ton of shopping malls. I think yeah. uh, In my personal opinion I think Karachi has the most shopping malls as compared to rest of the Pakistan. <laughs> I mean it's the biggest city. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah you have Karachi and then you have Lahore I told you Islamabad is the capital. Uh yeah. Islamabad is considered as the most boring city of Pakistan in fact because people here sleep at 8 p.m. or 9 p.m. and they wake up early in the morning and it's very quiet and there's lots of nature over here as well but yeah. people here are usually very quiet and um, yeah I'll let you guys explore for yourselves if you can you must add Bhawalpur to your travels Bhawalpur has uh really beautiful palaces where our ancestors used to live stunning palaces you must visit those as well yeah it's really close to culture and all the markets in bhawalpur are very famous for jewelry and uh, there's there are lots of craftsmen over there that make jewelry and then you have those glass bangles as well uh multan you're visiting multan is called the city of saints it has so much culture and history over there you must like really research uh which cities to visit in pakistan since you're here for 3 months might as well make the most out of it mm-hmm. okay so yeah, i'm speaking to you guys and i'm amazed that there's no mention of covid-19 i mean all the countries have closed their borders there's this pandemic going on and both of you are just in love and going hand in hand traveling the world how does this work yeah let's say like this in europe 
there are a lot of restrictions with Corona. Like you have to wear the mask outside. Even in Turkey, the whole time we had to wear a mask outside. And Europe often outside. And we had, as an example, in, in Italy, a big problem. Nobody wanted to stop. So we had to walk over 100 kilometers. And yeah, it was really bad. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, because of Corona, like our travel plans changed a lot. Yeah, like we, like we said, we couldn't go through Iran due to that. And or Ghana. Yeah, so we had flying, like, wasn't in our plan at all. So yeah, it definitely has affected us. Yeah, but um, the countries itself, like in Pakistan, in Uzbekistan and Kyrgyzstan, like outside the airport, there was like nobody really wearing the mask. In Pakistan, a little bit more <laughs> wearing the mask, but nobody cares. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> also, because you know uh, the vaccine rollout is pretty uh, is 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 at a steady pace here, so people are feeling more confident now. They're even uh, now more and more are getting vaccinated. So maybe that's also why they've removed their masks. But that's true. Pakistanis are very daring people. Nothing really scares us anymore. We've seen so much. We've been through so much that we're just mm. like, okay, what next? Bring it. <laughs> but uh, but how was uh, crossing the borders within Europe during the pandemic? Was there a lot of checking? Did you also have to change your plans within Europe because of COVID nineteen? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, we wanted to go to Greece as example, but it was not possible. Also, mm-hmm. going into Croatia was would be. A problem, but we kind of got the way around. We first thought about going through Austria, but because of COVID, we went through Switzerland, Liechtenstein, and Italy. And yeah, like we had some issues, had to make big hikes to kind of avoid the official borders, to be fair. And mm-hmm. only in Europe, because there it was inside EU, so we could mm-hmm. say we. Uh, been there since November because we had no stamp and something like this. Yeah, I mean, you guys worked. avoided the check posts and the visa stamping places. How is that? How does that work? In Croatia, it worked because Croatia is part of EU, mm-hmm. and I'm European citizen, and mm-hmm. um, Crystal also has a second nationality, which is Great Britain, and mm-hmm. They have to get the European Union stamp since January 1st, 2021. Mm-hmm. So basically mm-hmm. before that, she could have traveled in EU also without getting stamped. That's why when we left, um, when we left Croatia, we just said we're here since November. So it was basically no problem. In the other countries, no chance because yeah. you get stamped. it was just possible in the European Union. But otherwise, of course, we couldn't avoid it. And we didn't avoid it because we didn't want to get in trouble. When we were in North, North Macedonia, we had to get our first COVID test for mm-hmm. Turkey. And yeah, we wanted to get it first in Bulgaria, but Bulgaria said then as well, 
what is Pakistan for region? I have no idea. We are South Asia. South Asia. Okay. Yeah, like since we're in these two regions, we are just protecting when <laughs> other people are protecting too. Mm-hmm. So we have our mask with us, but it feels weird when like we are already looking. Yeah, everybody's looking at us, and yeah. when we then have it would be like really weird. Uh, how was it in Pakistan? Like, was it the whole time like it is now, or was it also that everybody was wearing a mask and was strict? Oh no, there was a time when everybody was wearing a mask when it started, when the pandemic started, and Pakistan was um, when Pakistan has it had its first few cases. Uh, all of us were freaking out, and uh, majority was wearing a mask and all. But uh, eventually, we all got bored of it. And then we stopped wearing masks. And then the government and the police had to really force us <laughs> into wearing a mask and sanitizing our hands. And there were so many public service messages. And then again, we started to wear masks. And then Pakistan was hit really badly by COVID-19. Mm. We started reporting a lot of deaths and um, cases. So people got scared again. But when the vaccines came through, then uh, I think after that, we have again <laughs> gotten pretty easy about it. And uh, oh. we have again removed our masks because now there is a vaccine available and everybody is getting vaccinated for free in Pakistan. So th- that That's helped. So, so if you do see people not wearing masks around you, it's because, uh, yeah, taking it easy now. We'll see what happens when it happens. It's that kind of mentality now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a two-part interview that I am doing with you guys. Um, the, this is the first part where I'm speaking to you guys uh, before you start traveling across Pakistan. And mm-hmm. in the middle, if we feel like it, um, I can check in with you guys if you are somewhere else in Pakistan. And we can talk about what you have seen so far. We'll talk about your favorite foods. I deliberately didn't bring up the food topic because I don't think you have stayed here long enough to tell me how the food is here. Uh, and then uh, we'll do a final interview when you have traveled across Pakistan and then we can speak about your favorite cities, your favorite memories and everything. And in that episode, you guys will reveal how many countries you've traveled so far and how many countries you plan to travel. So thank you so much, Nico Koch and uh, Crystal Brody for speaking with me. Thank you as well for being interested in our story and Yeah, talking to us. <laughs> <laughs> Your story is pretty interesting. Thank you for joining me for this episode of You, Me and a Mug of Tea. I hope all the listeners um, enjoyed this conversation with this unique couple who are traveling the world together. And we wish you all the best. And I think uh, everybody's uh, cup of tea has finished already, just like mine has. And we will see you guys again. We will meet you again. Their Instagram handle has been uh, linked with this uh, interview. You guys can follow them. You can follow all their uh, blogs and their travel stories and their photos. You guys can approach them. And let's show Nico and uh, Crystal how... Amazing we are, and let's host them everywhere we can. Let's help them travel across Pakistan. 
Thank you for giving me your time. I'll speak to you guys again. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. Oh, what?